Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Mark Heisel. Mark is the founder and current director of U.S. Elite Baseball, which is a travel baseball organization. Uh, he's he's run a very successful travel baseball organization for several years now. U.S. Elite is, is normally one of the top teams across the country, and Having known players who have have played for them, they definitely do it the right way. Uh, in this episode, Mark talks about something he calls the the Ten Commandments of Youth Sports, which is a practical guide for for parents of young athletes and basically coaches parents on how to act during games, during practices, during the car ride, on the way to the field, on the way home. It's something that I think every parent should listen to. And again, I we talk about some other things in this episode when it comes to you know development of, of youth players and whatnot, but the main focus is is on these Ten Commandments of youth sports. And I think it's fantastic information. I think it's something that everyone needs to listen to and to follow. So appreciate Mark coming on the show. Uh, if you want to follow U.S. Elite Baseball on Twitter, it's at U.S. Elite Base. So you at U.S. Elite Base if you want to follow U.S. Elite Baseball on Twitter. So on my email list, one of the things that I've been doing lately, if you're on there, is I've been sending out a lot of information, a lot of free content, a lot of just different hitting thoughts that have come to my mind. So if you head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop, put your name and email in, you too will be getting a lot of the information and content that I'm putting out for free on a regular basis. So if you're into hitting, if you're into the college recruiting, head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop. And I will send you all of the free content that I'm sending out on a weekly basis. Ladies and gentlemen, here is now my episode with Mark Heisel. All right, we now welcome on Mark Heisel. Mark, appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Fantastic. It's great to be here, Patrick. So I've been following you guys for for a little bit now. I know you you know you're with U.S. Elite, um, and we're gonna you know get pretty in depth and, and talk a little bit about how that was started and you know, what your guys' mission is. But I just want to say, first off, I mean you guys put together a first class organization from someone who hasn't been in travel baseball, but I, I do follow travel baseball. Uh, it seems like you guys have some you know top notch players from across the country and and always do really well in tournaments. Um, but I mean, kind of give me a, a little bit of, of how this vision and everything kind of got started for, for us elite. Cause you hear of travel baseball organizations all the time. I mean, what, what's, what separates you guys? Yeah. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you and thanks for the question. Um, I have to say it wasn't much of a vision early on because it was a 12 year old kid, basically uh, my son, Christian little, uh, little little leaguer and he looks at me one day and I'm in central Pennsylvania um, and he says uh, dad I want to play in the SEC and my first thought was I had two thoughts one is number one no offense kid but he didn't look like a kid you would expect to be playing in the SEC so but I'm not going to tell him he's not can't so I didn't dash his dreams and we're in an area that the SEC is not coming at all we didn't even know anybody Long story short, I said, Christian, if that's your goal, we'll put a plan together and we will execute the plan. You're going to learn early in life, which is a great thing, the difference between a plan and a dream. And we know dreams, you know, close your eyes and hope it comes true. Doesn't don't work very well. 
And we put a plan together and I started recruiting kids that had similar goals and aspirations. And by the time that team was put together and we were, he was a sophomore, we had 21 division one commits on one team. And that's what got us started. That success early on really catapulted us to, to, you know, bigger and better things. How do you, how'd you go about finding those players? Because that, that's something, I mean, for, as a coach myself, you, I, I love working with players who want it bad and want to work hard and want to do whatever it, it takes to, to become better. And I'm sure other coaches are like that too. I mean, and you actually pulled it off of going and getting those players. Like, how do you, I mean, what, what advice would you give to, to people well, across the country? You know, in our area, no offense to central Pennsylvania, they're, they're, everybody's catering to just kids that want to play baseball. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I kept looking at these other kids. Nobody's catering to the kids that really, really want to get after it. So I started having tryouts and I, I would give this little 10 minute, 20 minute talk before the, before the whole tryout and say, look, we're looking for very unique people. They have the talent and the desire and the wherewithal to go do this. So it's a very, very rifled approach versus the shotgun approach to see, you know, we'll put a bunch of kids out there and see if any of them are good enough. Every single kid that we invited to this, I felt had the chance to make it. And, you know, luckily I was right because we I think we were 100 um, percent. The people bought in. We were very regimented right out of the gate. I used to say, look, if there's there's 98 percenters and there's two percenters. And we have to be the two percenters. We, have, we can't be afraid of doing things radically different than the 98 percenters. And I, 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 I attracted people because they were looking for something that specific. Yeah. What's, been, what's been something that has uh, been a big challenge for, for you guys and your organization over the last couple of years? Well, I will say we're attracting tremendous people. So that makes a lot of the challenges go away. You know, you hear about the crazy no offense to the parents, we're going to talk about them today yep. on the podcast, but, you know, we're attracting people that want the message. So we don't have a lot of the problems and the, and the drama, but I will, I will say this big picture and we're going to get into it more, but the culture, you know, we're swimming against the culture of the world. For example, just one thing, a U.S. elite commitment is a gigantic part of our program. Accountability is gigantic. Well, hate to say it, but the world we live in, commitment is, you know, seems to be a fading fad, you know, accountability, a lot of people don't want to be held accountable. So when you're swimming against the current, you know, you, you better be ready to make some tough decisions along the way and hold, hold the standard. Otherwise, you'll just fall right into the 98% group. What, what's your take on, on dealing with parents, which is something that you hear of all the time, across travel baseball. I mean, I'll give you my take first off is, okay. uh, you know, I know, I know parents get a bad rap for travel sports, you know, and travel baseball more specific. However, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I appreciate parents who care about their kids. And I can tell you that it's a lot better to be maybe overprotective or a little bit crazy. Like my thing is at least they're there and at least they care. Right. I mean, you got parents and kids out there who I've had to, I've worked with. They don't even have parents who come to games. Right. So it, it's I don't want to you know put this thing down on like travel ball parents and this bad thing. Uh, at least they care. They may not know necessarily know how to act. And I think maybe that's where, you know, someone like yourself, who's been doing this a lot longer than I have, can, can kind of come in. But um, I, I did want to just say that before we kind of got into it of like, hey, you know, we're not trying to 
say, you know, parents, travel parents are just crazy, even though some of them are, we're all we're saying is we think we can help them be better. And maybe Mark used more specifically than me can help them. And, and maybe, you know, you can kind of lead in with that. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I tell this to parents all the time. I said, you know, we all need structure. We all need parameters. We all need disciplines. The problem with a lot of parents is there, there hasn't been a lot of people that have given them those parameters and, and, you know, held them to these standards. And at US Elite, we're really, really clear about it. We're here are the parameters and everybody will be held accountable. Here's what I found when you do it that way. First of all, you attract people that are okay with that. You will repel people that aren't. Like I've had people say, okay, I looked at your code of conduct and we're 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 not ready for that. Okay, really? good for being on it. Oh, absolutely. Wow. You know, because we have you know, we have a no profanity policy. I mean, I had a guy, I won't mention the state he's from, but he literally told me his son would not play for us because we have a no profanity policy. And all I said was, that's great. Now we don't have to argue all summer about dropping (laughs) F-bombs. You know, you go your way, we go ours. It was okay. But the key to our success with managing parents is just clear parameters and let them know that we mean business. I mean, it, you know, that's the hardest part of what we do is holding these people accountable. I mean, if you're late, you don't get to play. Nobody wants to pay thousands of dollars and then see their kids sitting on the on the bench because they were 20 minutes late for a game because they got caught in traffic. But I always tell them, like, we have to put it out there and we have to do what we say we're going to do. Otherwise, you know, what are we? We're just hypocrites. We say one thing, do another. And so I, I think that's the secret to, to the success. And one thing I'll say about this, most parents, one of my favorite questions to ask a group of parents as I'm speaking to them is, how many of you have taken a kid from, let's say, eight years old all the way to 18 years old, 10 years of a journey through travel baseball, handed them off to the college of their choice? How many of you have gone through that journey? No, none of them, right? Almost never, right? And I said, okay, so... You're heading into the wilderness without a guy, without a lifeline, but we can be that lifeline for you because we've done it with thousands of people. Doesn't that sound a lot more secure to do something that you've never done with somebody who's done it? And, and they, they agree, but they have to trust. They have to hold our hand. We're the lifeline. What, what are some of the things that you, you try to educate the parents on? Well, it depends on the age. Like okay. early on, you know, a lot of parents get so caught up in the results and we talk to them about the process and they can't understand why we're not mad when Johnny struck out three times. Johnny had three amazing at bats, you know, 13 pitch at bats. Mom and dad, all he struck out. He's not good enough. Okay. So we, we educate the young parents on what matters and what doesn't. Then when you get into the older age, they all want to talk about the recruiting process and that's where left to their own devices, they can blow it at an epic level. I'll give you one, one anecdotal story on that. We were, we were playing a doubleheader, and an ACC coach came up to watch one of our players, a third baseman, a kid named Orlando Pena, playing at Coastal Carolina right now. Anyway, he's, uh, he's watching him play. And in between games, I said to, to the coach, I said, so who do you like? He goes, I really like Orlando's dad. And I went, what do you mean? He goes, no, I'm sitting beside him. He doesn't even know uh, who I am. Orlando booted a ball, two runs scored. He sat there, didn't flinch. 
Next inning, Orlando takes a, a called third strike. It was six inches off the plate. Terrible call. Orlando's dad didn't flinch. He said, I like parents like that. He's not trying to make excuses for Orlando. He's not yelling at the umpire. And I just thought, you know, how many coaches are out there watching games and mom and dad are right in front of them complaining about everything, making excuses, and they're blowing it for their son and they don't even know it. So we talk a lot about helping these people swing the odds in their favor and not doing, not hitting some of the landmines, as we call them, in the recruiting process. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that story up. Uh, you know, I just, I think, I wonder if sometimes even parents who have maybe played in the past, but they've been, they're, they're so far removed, they forget just how hard this game is. And they also forget how if if you're out on the field or if I'm hitting in the box and I'm thinking about anything other than just trying to hit the baseball that's coming at me, yeah. I don't have a chance, right? I mean, and I'm not going to even be close to be able to reach my potential someday. And yeah. I get it that they're coming from a place where, you know, they want their kid to be successful, but they're, if anything, they're making it worse for them, right? They're making oh. this, this, this game that's so hard, even harder. Even harder. The yeah. pressure on some of these kids is, is enormous. And the conflict. I'll give you another story. We're up at Cooperstown playing one year, 12-year-olds. And um, I give my talk to all the parents. Let's have fun. Let us coach. You be great spectators. Cheer us on. You know, normal talk. And I go talk to the team. And I have a little, little leadoff kid. And I say to him, here's the deal. I want you to take some pitches. I want you to get on base. I want you to be a spark plug for us. So be selective, you know, don't just go up there and start swinging. Got it, coach. Got it, coach. He gets up. First pitch of the game, I hear his dad behind me yell, get aggressive. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. He just yelled the exact opposite of what I just got done talking to his son about. In between innings, I tell you, I, I wasn't going to let this thing go. In between innings, I, I, I went outside the, the fence and I said, did you remember me saying, let us coach and you spectate? Well, I don't need you coaching from the stands. And he's, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry, I, I screwed up. I, you won't hear another word. And I didn't. But that's what I mean by got to hold these people accountable. But the kid was, who do you listen to, the coach or your dad? What a right. terrible conflict, you know? So, yeah. so many stories like that. Yeah. I mean, it's good that, you know, we're doing stuff like this, right? Having you on the podcast, you, know, you running a travel organization, saying things like that, holding people accountable and, and putting this content out. I think, you know, if we can help just a few people and, and they end up helping a few more people, I think that's, that's how we're going to be able to, to, to make a big change, you know, in when time comes. Um, I know that you had uh, something that we had talked about earlier, the, the Ten Commandments of youth sports. I would, I cannot wait to hear what these Ten Commandments are. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a funny title, but, you know, everybody's sort of familiar with, with here's, here's the Ten Rules of Life. Well, you know, parents, you know, especially, this is the wild, wild west. I mean, youth sports is, is a phenomenon. It's new. I mean, I when I was a kid, now I'm 59 years old, my mom and dad weren't involved in every single thing of my youth sports. And I'm kind of glad they weren't because I, I, I enjoyed it. But now you got parents involved in everything, but yet they don't really have all the knowledge they need to make this thing what I call a, an amazing, unforgettable, positive experience. What a concept in youth sports. So I put these 
10 commandments. I could have probably had 20, but I don't want to overwhelm too many people. But but yeah, I mean, do you want me to just kind of go? I got them here in front of me, and I, I love to talk about these, and I'll try to be as brief as I can. Oh, let's do it. Like I said, I can't wait. All right. Well, here we go. So commandment number one, thou shall not compare. Now, remember, I'm talking to parents when I'm having, having this conversation. When I say thou shall not compare, you know, and with my background, you know, we've had thousands of people come through our program. There's a tendency that people have to want to look over there and see what Johnny's doing and start comparing their son to him. And I can't think of anything that could erode confidence faster than that. You know, and I was a parent. I had to make sure. And there were many times I thought about it because we had an elite level team. And I'm looking at my son and I'm thinking, man, <laughs> these kids are really good. I'm not even sure if he's as good as they are. And that was a, I never said anything to him, but that's not a good thing for a parent to do. What I want parents to do is understand that everybody matures differently. You know, I have a training I do called, called the Cooperstown MLBers. They're the kids that are six foot, have beards and mustaches and, you know, 12 years old. And hit, they're hitting 350 foot home runs with with, you know, these balloon bats. Everybody thinks they're so good. They're really not. You know, no offense. They're just not. They're bigger, faster, stronger because they matured earlier. So I just want parents to understand, let your kid be who he is. OK, let's work with your son or daughter, but let's not compare him to anybody else because it's totally unfair. And that's so counter counterintuitive. Everybody thinks you have to compare. No, you don't. No, you don't. I see little kids up in Cooperstown that are, you know, four foot nothing. And I go, that kid's going to be unbelievable, you know, because yeah, I think, I mean, you can see the actions. Yeah, yeah. Comparison is the thievery of joy. And I, yeah. I think that's, yeah. that's yeah. something that I know I've always tried to live by. And whether mm -hmm. it's, you know, for me as a coach, comparing myself yeah. to somebody else or, yeah. you, I mean, your ultimate competition is yourself. And it's, you start comparing yourself to other people, you're going to lose the joy of the game. You're going to lose yeah. the joy of why you're doing what you're doing. So yeah. I, I'm a hundred percent on board with, with commandment number one. I think if, if people spent less time worrying about what other people think, uh, yeah. they'd, they'd, they'd have so much more fun and they would, they would play so much better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, commandment number two is the fun one. Thou shalt not talk. Mm. This has to do with after the game. And I had to learn this one the hard way as a dad and as a coach, because as parents, we watch this game and we see all these things. And sometimes we understand them. Sometimes we don't. And then as soon as the game's over, what do we want to do? We want to jump right into it with our son or daughter and start talking about it. There's one little problem with that. Most times, many times, they're not ready to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They just got off the field. You know, they struck out to end the game. Nobody wants to get in the car and rehash that right away. Nobody. But mom and dad do, right? So they start talking away, and those conversations are not usually don't go well. My son, Christian, was not a talker. And so I learned this one time. Just I got in the car, and I had already figured out talking about this is not going to work. So I'm not going to talk until he talks. This was my challenge. We drive down the road. I'm, not, I'm telling you over an hour go by, not a word in the car till finally he mumbles something like I should have swung at that O2 pitch, something like that. And he's starting to warm up to the idea. He wants to talk a little bit. I just eased my way into it. 
And I, it was life changing because up until then, I was always pushing the envelope and he didn't want to talk. Now I switched it up and he was the one initiating the conversation. So I asked parents to try that little, little exercise, bite your lip. I know you want to talk, mom and dad, just let wait for them, no matter how long it takes. And by the way, if they never bring it up, you're not allowed to bring it up either. So they never want to talk about the, the, the ball that went through their legs to end the game, to win the game for the other team. They never want to talk about it. Okay. So in baseball, it's yesterday's news. Moving on. So just I just want to be specific here. You're, yeah. you're talking about – you're not just physical errors, right? And you're not talking about like what if – what do you tell parents if, if, it's a, if their kid isn't hustling or running hard or being a good teammate? Well – I, certainly those things probably do need to be discussed, but there's also a timing for that. I mean, it's, it's, it's human nature. If you try to force a conversation on somebody that doesn't want to have it, whether whatever it's about, it's just not going to go well. So young athletes, man, you know, there's all kinds of emotions going on. And we talked about the pressures. They will, they will usually want to talk about something, but I'm just telling parents it works a lot better when it's on their term. Oh, you know, when they want to talk. Now, if it's something to do with, you know, like you said, hustling or a bad attitude, you know, parents have to be parents. I get that. Yeah, yeah. that's good advice, though, I think. I mean, I think that's one of the things that, you know, I, I wonder, I mean, maybe it's not as much now because travel baseball, you're playing a, a ton of games, it feels like. But it seems in professional baseball, you know, when you have over 100 plus games in a season and you're playing every single day, it's a lot easier to after the game, you know, not you just be like, oh, we'll give them tomorrow because you're playing you're playing every single day. And so in, yeah. maybe in travel baseball and youth sports, since you may not play every day and it, it may seem more life and death, even though, if anything, it should be the opposite. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, Steve Springer is a good friend of mine. He talks about the dreaded car ride home and, and how it's stealing the joy kids don't even want to get in the car with their parents. So it's just a reminder to parents, like there, there are different ways of doing things. And it, and sometimes we have to make adjustments. I had to make an adjustment. I wanted to get in the car and talk and I found out that just didn't work. So that, that's really the, just a, a number, number two. Got it. Number three, this is, this is so self-explanatory, but it's, it's not as common as you think. Thou shalt not be negative negative now this game we it's so much a cliche we talk about baseball softball game of failure and it is there are positives from i, I mean i'm a i'm a glass half half full guy anyway you know some people are gl glass half empties can you imagine a glass half empty type personality and baseball what a bad combination that could be because everything could be negative so i'm just trying to encourage parents to listen to how they talk to their to their athletes and try so hard to swing it in the positive, you know, not sugarcoating things. I'm not talking about la la land, but there's a way to be, be positive, even when it's a negative situation. That's all. And parents know what I'm talking about. You know, that some people just, you know, Johnny went three for four, two doubles, three RBIs, but he struck out once. What are we going to talk about when, we're, when we do have a conversation? The three hits and the RBIs and the double? Or how in the world do you strike out against that kid? You know, that's what I'm talking about. Got it. Love it. Love it. All right. Commandment number four. 
<laughs> thou shall not be more motivated than your athlete. Mm. One of the things that I talk to our parents a lot about is you can't want this more than they want it. You know, they, I, there's, there's some kids out there that are playing because mom and dad are really, really into it. Uh, there was a, I'm not a big fan of that cartoon. Um, oh, I, it, it, it was making a, a, a play on this subject where moms and dads in the stands wanted it so bad. And the kids on the field, it's a little cartoon, did not want it. Uh, I can't remember the name of that cartoon, but, but uh, you know, we have to, we have to acknowledge that some kids want this more than others. And we have to be real. I mean, I say to our kids all the time, if you don't want this really, really badly, find something else that you do, you know, you can't be doing this for somebody else. So you know, just a reminder to parents to, to, I used to say to my son, Christian, all the time, I'm not ever going to be your motivational coach. If I'm your motivational coach, then you're in trouble because you don't have enough motivation, but I will, I will do everything you need me to do to support your motivation. But I'm not going to be saying, Christian, you have to go hit. Come on, let's go hit. No, I'm going to teach you early. You want to be a good hitter. You say, dad, can you throw me BP? And the answer is always yes. And that's, uh, that's, that's a hard one for some parents because they, they're dragging their kids around and <laughs> it's not a good scene. Yeah. And I, I'm sure for some of the parents, you know, maybe they love baseball or maybe yeah. they, they, uh, they're competitive people and, you know, they, they want that same experience for their kids, but you can't, as you just said, Mark, you can't force that on them. I mean, either they want it or they don't. And maybe down the road, they will want it if you back off. And I think that's the most organic way to go about it. And that way, the kid feels like it's them, you know, it's they're the ones who are choosing to be able to do it and work hard, and they're not doing it because of someone else. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I had two sons come through our program, and they couldn't have been any different. Christian, my oldest, he wanted it so bad. He knew what he wanted. He was self motivated. He He's just that baseball guy. He's still working with us. He's our director of player development. My, my younger son, Zach, happy-go-lucky kid, you know, would strike out and run off the field like he hit a home run, like it, nothing bothered him. And I remember him telling me, Dad, I, I don't know if I want to play college baseball or not. To me, that was a little devastated, but I'm like, hey, that's okay. Do whatever you want to do. Well, later as a junior, he caught the bug and wanted to do it. But if I would have tried to motivate him early on he it wouldn't have worked at all but if he would have pushed back and yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. yeah so just yeah i i saw him strike out one time he's up to bat he's doing all these weird things and strike one strike two strike three he goes running off the field out of the dugout into the woods i'm like what the heck's he doing he comes back and said dad i had to pee so bad i i wanted to strike out <laughs> Christian would have beat his pants before he struck out. Totally different kids, right? Oh, that's but great. That's unique. a good story. All right. We talked about this one, motive, uh, commandment number five, not, not thou shall not focus on results. Um, I just think, especially for the younger kids, having the fun, stay in the game. Let, let it, I tell our players, I want to watch you play and it look like a backyard wiffle ball game. Think about that concept. Is anybody mad that they struck out in wiffle ball after the game? Nobody cares. They're having fun. They're playing. But mom and dad sitting up there with their notepads, you know, marking every little result known to man and then trying to 
talk about that to the to the players. You talked about the pressure that parents sometimes put on them. So if we can just focus on the process, the development, and stop talking about how many hits we have. I mean, a lot of parents don't even understand at the higher levels, they're not talking about batting averages. They're Nobody cares about, about batting quality averages. Of, yeah. But you, if you talk to parents of eight-year-olds, they're telling you what their son's batting average is. Yeah. And I, I, first thing, when, they, when I hear that to myself, I'm thinking – you know, they'll, they'll give me a number and I'll think, is that good for that age? Like, I, I don't know. I, how, I mean, <laughs> I don't put exactly. any thought in that. I, I don't know. Is 400 good at eight U yeah. or is that bad or what? Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, that's a whole subject of what are, what is the process? We don't have time today to get into it, but, but um, you know, everybody measuring results is, uh, is, is really a scary thing for, for young athletes. Number six, we're moving right through these. Commitment number six is thou shalt not speak for your athlete. Mm. This is a fun one. And I learned this one early on. Christian was in ninth grade and he had a visit set up at ECU with Billy Godwin. And we were sitting in the parking lot and it just kind of came to me. Christian was a kid. It didn't, he wasn't real gregarious or anything. And I had to say this to him. I said, Christian, when we go in this meeting right now, I am not going to answer the questions for you. I said, I, I know I want to, and I'd love to help you, but I, I have to let you do this. And I was saying it because I wasn't sure how well he was going to do. So we go in there and Coach Godwin starts asking Christian questions. And, and to Christian's credit, he did great, way better than I thought he would do. But as a parent, I really... You know, I was thinking of the answers that I would, you know, give to. And when that meeting was over, I'll never forget it. Coach Godwin pulled me aside because I really appreciate the fact that you let Christian do all the talking. He said, I can't tell you how many parents come into my office. And I asked the son, so what are you looking for in a school? And mom says, he really wants a school that's, you know, and boom. I didn't ask you the question. I asked yeah. him the question. And mom who, and who am I recruiting that. here? Yeah, exactly. And it's not just in the recruiting process. It's I have it happen, you know, at, at US Elite where I'm talking to the, 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 the kid and the mom and dad are jumping in with their answers. And it's like it's a lifetime habit of sort of rescuing or helping your kid instead of just, oh, let them talk, you know, and see what happens. And so we got to we got to train parents to just let them let them speak for themselves. If they're going to be a college athlete, somebody's going to stick a mic in there in front of their face sometime and they better know how to talk or they're, they're going to be in trouble. That's a That's a good point. And when they get to college, too, I mean, were they playing for that coach? They're not. I mean, they got to be able to speak for themselves, too. So, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. I like that commandment. At U.S. Elite, we we really do talk to our players a uh, vast majority of the time obviously if there's things for parents we need to discuss financial things whatever but you know i have to tell parents sometimes i want to talk to your son not you he needs to step up and learn to speak so part of our development part of the preparation for for life you know after baseball as well all right moving right through commandment number seven thou shalt have other activities besides baseball besides softball besides sports. Um, I made a commitment as a dad that I would never let sports become a riff between me and my sons and, and I had a daughter. And, and it sounds kind of horrific to say, but a lot of people that don't have other activities, 
and sports is everything. It always scares me when people say sports is everything in our life. Um, there's no outlet. There's nowhere to escape it. And when things aren't going well, it's it's like a prison. So I I love to ask kids, what do you like to do uh, besides baseball? Don't talk to me about baseball. What do you like to do? Do you like to fish, hunt, kayak, camp, you know, play badminton, play tennis? You know, what do you do with your parents? You know, what what kinds of activities do you go? I used to say to my kids, we're going and we're not talking about baseball at all. It's against the rules to talk about baseball. I want to go camping and I want to talk about fishing. And I did that for a reason because you have to have an escape from this. Otherwise it just starts consuming you. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, I'll piggyback on that a little bit too. I think it not only consumes you Mark, but I think that the players will actually play better. Oh, yeah. They have something else. I mean, I think of back for me personally, I did, I was such a one-dimensional kid where it was just, it was nothing but baseball. And cause I thought if I did anything else that would hurt my baseball. And mm-hmm. if I looking back, I was like, man, if I would have done other things, I wouldn't have put so much pressure on the one thing that I would do all the time. And I, and I would have been a better player and I would have had more fun too. So it's funny. You bring that up. I tell kids that too. Like I, I want you to have a social life. I want you to be able to do other things and you know, within reason, of course, but I think, um, you know, you saying that and bringing that up, um, you know, I'm, I'm a huge advocate for having that well, you know, well-balanced life. And I know on social media, maybe that, you know, hashtag won't go viral, but uh, I do think it is important in a sport where failure is, as that's a, such a high rate, you need to be able to, to balance your life out. And I've had other players on the podcast who have actually said similar things. Uh, Michael McHenry, who um, was with the Pirates now and does their um, TV um, analysis, he said the same thing when he was a player. If he could go back again, he would, he would go on hike. He would read a book. He would do something to try to get away from the game and not let it consume him. So I think that was a great point. Yeah. I don't know if you remember a kid named Adam Heisdew. He was a prospect in the Pirates organization and I'll turn away the double A curve. And somehow, some way I got to become friends with him and his family. He had a kid named Zach and a kid named Lexi. And so when we have a kid named Lexi and Zach, anyway, on an off day here um, when he was playing for the double A curve, we went to a little local state park. I'll never forget this because first of all, he said, this is my first day off in 27 days. He said, I am, I just need a break. Thank you for setting this up. And this is the funny part. I said, Hey, let's, let's play a little friendly game of wiffle ball. He goes, can we play anything other than with a bat and a baseball? He literally said that he said, we'll play football, soccer. I don't care, but nothing with a baseball and a bat. And I said, I get it. I get it completely. So that's you got to get away. <laughs> yep. That's great. Love it. Um, all right. Um, number eight, commandment number eight, thou shalt allow your athlete to fail. Man, what a weird concept to tell parents. It's okay to fail. It's okay to strike out. It's okay to make an error. It's okay to lose a game. It's okay. And they, they look at you like you're from Mars when you say that. And what I'm getting at here is when we call this game of, game of failure, if we're fighting failure all the time, think about it. We're fighting all the time, right? Every game, there's some form of failure. So we want our parents to lighten up, let it go. I'll tell you, uh, my, my wife won't mind me telling you this story, but this is a true story. And she didn't come from a baseball background. When Christian was in high school, he was a, a draft prospect. And we were sitting at the game watching him play. 
Christian's playing shortstop. He makes an error. And I'll never forget my wife said, looks over at me and she goes, he's never going to get drafted. And I said, why? She goes, he just made an error in front of pro scouts. And that was her mindset. She thought if you made an error in front of somebody important, it's over. You have no shot. And I said, that's the last thing those guys are thinking right now. They're looking at actions. They're looking at all kinds of stuff. But a, a ball, Derek Jeter's going to boot one tonight, too. And I don't think he's getting fired. So we try to help our parents understand, let's, let's not rescue the kids. And, and another level of that is when they do fail, how do they respond to the adversity? Because if we're always rescuing them from failure, they don't learn how to deal with it. And in baseball, we got to learn to deal with the things that don't go our way. And you watch the pros, you know, they make an error. They're, they're like facial, no facial expression at all. And, you know, go watch a little kid playing who hasn't learned that yet. And he starts crying because he made an error because mom and dad are disappointed in him. So we want to we want to help them work through the failure part of the game. Yeah. And that goes back to, again, like we, you had mentioned before about them, the parents not talking for the kid when they're meeting with the coaches. It's a similar concept where you just you can't rescue them then you can't rescue them when they you know on the field letting them learn how to deal with failure is is important and that's how you know I, I always say this but fail is to me is first attempt in learning so you right. got to let them fail mm -hmm. that's awesome that's awesome I mean some of these you and I are talking about they sound so normal but in the act or in the moment it's hard for parents to to feel this way and we this is not a one training, now you got it, flip the switch and you got everything right. This is constant repetition, constant reminders, the relationship that we talked about going through the journey together. I mean, I can't tell you how many parents I've talked off the cliff. We had, we had, we had a parent uh, three times they wanted to take their son out of our program and literally take him out of baseball because he was a left-handed pitcher and he looked like a future big leaguer to me, but he couldn't find a strike zone. And his mom would cry in the stands. He would walk the bases loaded to start the game. We had to take him out in the, in the first inning. And I kept saying to him, it's all there. We just can't focus on this result right now. And, and he's going to have to learn to fail and work through it. And he's probably going to pitch in the big league someday. He's on his way. But I, it was funny because uh, three times you're like, we can't do this anymore. He's not that good. <laughs> oh, All right. Number nine, thou shalt keep commitments. Again, moms and dads in our society are allowing their kids to break commitments. And I hate to throw the parents under the bus, but, you know, we have a definition for the word commitment. And here's what it is. Doing what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in has passed. So let me give you a real life example. The mood is, oh, we're so excited about playing for U.S. Elite. Here's the schedule. Yep, we're all in. And then something comes up in the summer and, quote unquote, a better opportunity. And now they're going to allow their son to break a commitment, renege on a commitment to go do something else without our blessing because it's better for them. That's their mindset. And at US Elite, we, we think that's a terrible direction to go. So do what you say you're going to do long after the mood you set it in has passed. Sometimes the mood's not 
not the same, but we still have to hold our commitments. And I, I, I talk about double standards. If, if we found a player better than your son, mom and dad, would you be okay with us calling you up and say, Hey, we want to change the commitment we made to your son. I know we said he was on the team, but this kid's a lot better. So he can go play for someone else. Would you be okay with that? So there are no double standards. We're not breaking our commitments. Even if we made a mistake, you're not breaking your commitments. And I think it's a good thing for parents to be reminded of because, you know, as men, we're only, you know, people, we're only as good as our word. And in baseball or softball, once you start breaking your word, you know, nobody really wants to be a part of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about it. Good stuff. We're at number 10. Oh, actually, we have a bonus for today. Just Uh-oh. for your listeners, we have a bonus. Okay. But let's okay. get to number 10. This is a tough one for, for some par- parents. Stop. Thou shall stop talking about your career and your accolades. Man, nothing could be worse for a young kid to try to follow in the glorious footsteps of his mom and dad because they were all Americans and and whatever. And even if you were, you, you nobody wants to be compared to that. So I, I learned early on, I played division one baseball. It was a different era, a different time. I didn't keep talking about my career to, to point out things in my son's career. So now if they ask me a question about it, that's a different story. But a lot of parents, you know, man, when I was playing, I would have never taken a third strike. I swung at it. You know, they start that kind of talk. And it's like, do you really think kids want to hear that? They don't. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Bonus. What's the bonus? What do we got? What's the bonus one? Well, this one is is a little bit, um, um, well, I'll just say it. Thou shalt trust others to coach your athlete, mom and dad. You know, at US Elite, we talk about there are four roles that you can play. You can play, you can spectate, you can umpire, or you can coach. But here's the rule. You can only do one of them. Mom and dad. Don't see you wearing blue. So mom and dad, you're not an umpire. You're not wearing our uniform. You're not playing. You're not in the dugout with us. You're not coaching. You're limited to what? Spectators. Okay. That means you have to let the umps ump, let the coaches coach. And this is really hard for a lot of parents. They want to be the umps. How many of them sit up in the stands yelling at umps? Come on, ump. You're missing a great game. You blew that call. They're all, all, they want to be the ump. Or what the heck is our coach doing bunning the first and second with two outs? And why is Johnny batting third? He should be our leader, you know, on and on. They're the coach. And so I, I tell our parents right now, you got to trust us as, as, as your son's mentor, your, and you need, you need to back off and let us do it. And if you can't do that, not only will it not work at US Elite, it won't work at the next level. Parents trying to influence a college coach. We pretty much know how that's going to go. So um, trusting, and, and, and this is where it ties into travel baseball or travel you know, sports. You have to do your research of who you want to trust. There's a lot of people out there that are just giving their kids over to some program and because they win a lot or they got nice uniforms or they play a good schedule whatever. Those are not reasons for a kid to choose a travel program. You should be thinking of like, I'm turning my son's career over to people and I trust them to do what's right for my son. And that's how they should make their decisions. And a lot of them are not, (laughs) and they're, they're not helping themselves. 
Yeah, I, uh, I agree with all of those. Um, you know, I, I do go to games and I do see all those being violated. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, it's, it, it is hard for some parents to be able to just sit there and enjoy the game and, and understand that umpires are going to make bad calls. Coaches may make decisions that are questionable. But it, one of the things that, you know, for the parents listening to this that I do want them to understand is you know, high school coaches, travel baseball coaches, nobody's getting rich by by doing this stuff and so right. I, I think it's important to note that because it's like if, if you think you can do so much better and you have if you want to allocate a lot of your time for free really when it comes down to it to doing that then go for it but don't try don't you know put someone else down who's literally given up a lot of their time not making a lot of money um, and just trying to do the best that they possibly can, because that's not helping, you know, you, it's not helping your, your kid or anybody else. It's no wonder we're seeing all this stuff on social media now of, you know, kids tackling kids and bat flipping, you know, 50 feet in the air. When you got parents yelling at kids left and right and yelling at umpires and, and, you know, telling umpires meet me in the parking lot after the game. So, I mean, there's a, we ha you do have to keep it in check because your kids are listening and are watching you. So yeah. I just wanted to piggyback what you said again. Yeah, for sure. And, and just so you know, at US Elite, we have an entire training program for our parents on this kind of stuff and our players and our coaches. It's a video training series that everybody has to complete the series. I mean, our parents have to watch 25 individual videos, take a little quiz, to in order to even spectate and even to show up at our event and the reason for that is if we don't train them then it's hard to hold anybody accountable they don't know right so we said okay well we're going to train you and then we're going to be able to hold you accountable and so you'll see our parents and I love our parents I think they're the greatest parents in, in youth sports because they'll be sitting up in the stands enjoying the process because why we talk about all this stuff all the time I learned that early on when Christian was played for in the area code games. He, I, I never forget, they, you know, these are the best kids in the country. And I look up in the stands and, and there were moms and dads reading books. They weren't even watching. And, and I never forget what I thought. You know why? They're totally confident. They're totally comfortable. They're totally at ease. They're totally secure. Yes, their son's a really good player, but they're, they're way beyond micromanaging everything. They're relaxed reading a book in a baseball game, literally. And so I try to get our parents to get in somewhat of that mindset where they're not, this is not life or death. And Johnny has to have four hits because the, you know, the old Miss coach is here to watch them, you know, let's just let it play out. And, um, and it's working. It's real. It is really working for us. And that's why I appreciate the, you know, the venue that you've given me to talk about the, you know, you, you doing what you do. We are, sharing good information why because we want people to have a good time we want them to enjoy this amazing moment in 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 their life because it's going to go away <laughs> then it's going to go away and there's, there's so many lessons that you can yeah. learn from from uh, baseball softball to be able to and be able to take with you for the rest of your life no matter if you stay in the game or not so there's a there's a ton of value in it 
And I appreciate you coming on and sharing some of these, you know, I love the, the 10 commandments. I thought that was great. Plus the bonus one. I think mm -hmm. that this content is going to help a lot of, a lot of parents and coaches and players who are listening to this, but I want to make sure before, you know, we wrap this up, you know, for those who want to connect with you, with us elite, like, please plug, plug yourself here. Uh, Mark, I know you've been giving away a lot of free content. So want to make sure you, you have the, you have time to, to say what you'd like to. Well, absolutely. Well, of course, at U.S. Elite, we're always looking for um, coaches that want to be a part of something like this. So, um, you know, we're recruiting coaches because we think that's the most important position in our entire organization. They're the ones on the front lines with our with our players. They're the role models. So, you know, if there's anybody watching this today and, and likes some of the things we're saying about U.S. Elite, because we do run it exactly like this. Uh, and you want to be a part of that, you know, go to our website. There's a form on there that you can fill it out to become a coach in our program. If you're a player or a parent, you want to be a part of it. Same thing. Go to our website. There's a lot more of this there for you to learn. And uh, you fill out a prospect form and we'll get in touch with you and see if we can make something happen. Personally, I have a real passion to share this type of information with parents. The one thing that I'm seeing and I'm, you alluded to it is parents are getting bashed sometimes rightfully so in, in social media, you got, you know, parents and school boards, you know, all over the news, you got parents and coaches. I want us elite. And I personally want to be a part of the solution, not the problem. And the solution is to work together. The solution is to get on the same page. So I'm, I'm setting up talks around the country, um, rec programs, little league programs, other travel programs, talking about these things to try to share this information and help people go through it. Because right now I feel like youth sports is sort of like the wild, wild west and all, you know, it's chaos in a lot of places. And I want to kind of rein it in a little bit and at least feel like I've, I've, I've contributed in a positive way. So, you know, I'm on Twitter. Um, you know, people can find me on Twitter. They can reach out, DM me. Um, but no, I'm I'm really passionate about helping parents. That's really a wheelhouse for me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. We'll make sure to put you know all your information and social media handles, Twitter account, everything in the show notes. And uh, again, Mark, I appreciate it. Been a lot of fun connecting, and I'm sure we'll stay in touch. Patrick, thanks for doing what you're doing. Keep on keeping on, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Okay.